0: Hi, my name is Mimi. My dad used to be a construction worker. He passed away after an accident at work. At that time, my mom was a housewife. After my dad's passing, she had to find a way to make money. She started to clean people's houses. It was hard work, but it paid our rent and bills. Unfortunately, my mom started having problems with her eyes and lost 60% of her sight. It affected her work. People didn't want to hire her anymore. Soon we ran out of money. We couldn't pay our rent. To buy food, we had to start selling our furniture. Eventually, the thing we feared most happened and we got evicted. My mom and I started living on the streets. I learned that when you're desperate, you get used to anything. I used to feel shy asking my dad for pocket money. Now I had no problem coming up to strangers and asking, do you have any change? My mom and I haven't eaten since yesterday. We were actually hungry and needed every penny we could get. We slept in the park. My mom tried her best to keep my spirits up. She would say, honey, please don't let this get you down. Think of it as camping. Your dad is watching us from above. If you're sad, he'll be sad too. We're a family. Families have good days and bad days. These days will pass. One day, as I was panhandling, a luxury car stopped in front of me. The man in the back seat asked, do you have parents? I have a mom, I said. Take me to her. I have an offer for both of you he said, catching me by surprise. When I looked inside the car, I saw a girl about my age. She was crying. When the man saw the worried look on my face, he said, don't be scared. This is my daughter. You'll soon find out what this is all about. I took them to my mom. The man told us, my name is Kevin McCarthy, and this is my spoiled daughter, Yasmin. I'm in the oil and gas business. I am a billionaire, but I haven't done a good job of raising my daughter. For her birthday, I gave her a plane. You know what she said? It's too small. He turned to my mom and said, My daughter doesn't appreciate what she has. Let's have our daughter switch places for a week. Yasmin will live with you in the park. And meanwhile, your daughter will live in my house. In exchange, I will buy you a house. I knew my mom wouldn't like this idea. Before she could say anything, I said, Mom, please say yes. I'll switch places with Yasmin for a week. This would be good for both of us. My mom said, You would be living with strangers. I don't think it's a good idea. Mom, please, it's only for a week and then we won't be homeless anymore. We can't miss this opportunity, I pleaded with her. My mom wasn't convinced, but she said yes because she didn't want to upset me. Yasmin could see that her father was serious. She got even more upset. Dad, I cannot live here. These people stink. Do you think this is the life your daughter deserves? You were always scared of me being kidnapped for ransom. What if they kidnap me? But her father wouldn't hear of it. He said, you need this experience. I'm sure you'll finally learn a thing or two. Don't worry about getting kidnapped. The bodyguards will be watching you, but you won't see them. And you'd better start being nice to this lady because she's going to be your mom for a week. I was upset that Yasmin said we stank. I handed her the cup I was holding. You will need this when you're panhandling. Tell them you're hungry. That's the only thing that works. And you will actually be hungry. By the way, you better get used to our smell because starting tomorrow you will smell just like us, I said. Mr. McCarthy seemed to like what I said. He told Yasmin, being homeless will teach you a lot. Look, you've already learned something, and laughed. (laughs) Then he turned to me. Young lady, we can go whenever you're ready. You will be our daughter for a week. I'm sure you'll like it. I wasn't very comfortable with the idea of leaving my mom at the park, but I kept thinking about the fact that after a week, we wouldn't be homeless anymore. We drove for an hour before arriving at the mansion. It was in the middle of a large property. It was the biggest house I'd ever seen. There were two smaller buildings next to it. I would later find out that one of them was for the staff and the other for clothes. The family had so much clothing that they needed a whole building to store it. A woman welcomed us at the entrance. This was Miss Samantha, who was in charge of managing the residence. Mr. McCarthy said, Mimi will be our guest for a week. Treat her just like you would Yasmine. Miss Samantha took me to Yasmine's room. It was even more lavish than I'd imagined. As I looked around in awe, Miss Samantha asked, Would you like to take a shower? Of course I did. I spent so <laughs> much time in the shower that Miss Samantha had to knock on my door and ask, Is everything okay in there? She had prepared pajamas for me. I put them on and went to bed. It'd been a while since I slept in a regular bed. However, I felt sad when I looked up and saw the ceiling instead of the stars. I'd gotten used to falling asleep looking at the sky. I wondered what my mom was doing. I was sure she was thinking about me at that moment. It was only the first night I was spending without her and I was missing her already. Next morning after breakfast, Miss Samantha took me to the wardrobe building. Yasmine's clothes took up an entire floor. I was so surprised that I screamed. She has so many clothes! Miss Samantha said, Yasmin wears each outfit only once. It's her mother's wish. Why? I asked. So that her mother can buy her more clothes, she replied. This sounded weird to me, but I didn't say anything. Will I be meeting Yasmin's mother? I asked. Unfortunately, she's traveling for work at the moment. She's only home three days a month, she said. When I heard that, I felt sad for Yasmin. Seeing my mom only three days a month would never be enough for me. The next evening, Yasmin's dad took me out to dinner. When we walked in the restaurant, I couldn't believe my eyes. We were the only customers there. The entire staff was there just for us. This five-star restaurant was closed to the public. When I asked why, Mr. McCarthy sighed. You might think that being rich is amazing, but this life has its challenges. We can't just go out to dinner like normal people. We have to pay to reserve the whole restaurant so we're the only people here. Firstly, it's for our safety. Wealthy people have a lot of enemies. But also it's because people constantly ask us for money. Charities, NGOs, entrepreneurs, you name it, everyone wants to get money from us. So if there were other people here, we wouldn't be able to have dinner in peace. After that evening, I never saw Yasmin's dad at home again. He had to travel for work all the time as well. When I first met Yasmin, I thought she was a spoiled brat, but when I realized what her life was actually like, I started to feel sorry for her. Money obviously makes life easier, but if you value family life like me, being a billionaire is not something to envy. Days went by very slowly. I miss my mom so much. Finally, the week was up. I was so excited when I woke up. Miss Samantha came in and said, Yasmin's mother came home last night. She will take you to your mother. Yasmin's mother and I got in the car. She said to me, Thanks so much for helping us out. Yasmin needed this experience. I'm sure she learned what a gift it is to be wealthy after seeing what it's like to be homeless. I bet she'll start crying the second she sees me and say, Mom, get me out of here! We got to the park and got out of the car. We started walking. We saw my mom and Yasmin having breakfast on the grass. They were chatting and laughing. When my mom saw me, she got up and embraced me. We hugged for a long time. She smelled awful, but I missed that stink. Yasmin also gave me a hug and said, The week just flew by. Mimi, you are so lucky. You have an amazing mom. She also stinks like a homeless person now. Yasmin's mother told my mom, Thank you for looking out for my daughter. But she seemed to be disappointed. She had expected Yasmin to be desperate, but in fact, she looked really happy. She said, Honey... Aren't you happy to see me? I missed you so much. When Yasmin didn't respond, she laughed and said, Well, maybe you haven't missed me, but I'm sure you've missed your old life. Yasmin got upset. Mom, I don't think you missed me. When was the last time you, dad, and I had dinner together? I can't even remember. I don't think the three of us have sat at the same table in years. I haven't missed my normal life at all. I had the best meals of my life in this park. I hadn't slept this well in a long time. You know what I realized out here? The only thing a person my age needs is parents who are paying attention to them. Now Yasmin's mother was mad. How can you be so ungrateful? Your father and I give you everything. You got a plane for your birthday. What else can we do for you? She screamed. Yasmin started crying. Mom, you're only giving me those gifts out of guilt. I got used to equating your gifts with love. I kept asking for more expensive gifts to be able to convince myself that you loved me, but now I understand what I really need is a mother who is always with me, just like Mimi's mom. Yasmin's mother stopped. She looked at her daughter's face. She knew what she was talking about. She started crying. She embraced Yasmin. You're right, honey. You're right. I'm such an idiot for not seeing that sooner. Please forgive me, she said. They hugged each other and cried for a while. Mr. McCarthy bought us a house, just like he promised he would. He even gave my mom a job in one of his companies. Our money troubles are over. My mom could finally afford a visit to the ophthalmologist. After two surgeries, she regained her eyesight. Now she can see as well as she used to. Yasmin and I became friends. She comes to visit a few times a week. Sometimes her mom comes with her. She took another job at the company. She doesn't travel anymore. She is now able to spend more time with her daughter. Yasmin's dad seems to have understood his mistake as well. Even if he needs to travel for work, he comes home whenever he can and they have long family dinners together. They invited us to their house for Thanksgiving. They all looked very happy. Yasmin's dad thanked us by saying, People measure wealth with money, but real wealth is about the things in life that you cannot buy with money. In that way, You were actually very poor. Thanks for helping us figure it out. And this
1: made us very happy. (laughs) I am Iris, and I'm the most popular girl in school. I'm beautiful and talented, and I have a good figure. But I still don't have a boyfriend. And that's because I'm allergic to kissing. But I'm hiding it carefully. The doctors don't know what it is. Any kiss just makes my lips swell up like dumplings. I can't even go out with boys, even though I have a lot of admirers. And so, everyone thinks I'm an arrogant, stuck-up… Ugh, and how am I supposed to value my personal life like this? Only my friend Emma knows about my secret. By the way, she's pretty popular with guys too, and she's already dating another guy on the soccer team. They're constantly going on dates, kissing around every corner, and spending a lot of time together. I am so jealous of them. What did you think? I want to have a boyfriend and all that romantic stuff too. It all started when I was a kid. When I turned 10, I had a crush on my classmate, Sean. He was so cool. He walked me home every day, and then one day, he decided to kiss me. Now imagine kissing a girl, and her lips swell up in front of your eyes like they've been filled with air, like balloons. Out of fear, Sean ran away and never came near me again. Then it happened again at 12 with Erin, at 15 with Ben. I only know about French kissing from Emma's stories, and I realized I'd be single for the rest of my life. Who wants to date a girl you can't even kiss? My mom took me to so many doctors, but they just kept throwing up their hands. No one could understand my body's reaction. Because of this, I tried to stay away from boys at school. I didn't want anyone to find out my secret and make fun of me. That Iris thinks she's a queen. No one is worthy of her. She'll end up alone like an old maid. That's what I heard behind my back, but it was better than humiliating jokes about my lips. Iris, you won't believe this. A new kid is transferring to our school. If you talk about it with such enthusiasm, it must be someone interesting. Oh yes, he's so cool. If you hadn't skipped school yesterday, you would have seen him for yourself. I didn't skip school. I was at the doctor's. You know that. Come on, I'm waiting for the details. You'll see for yourself. He's an Apollo on a cool bike. I met Emma outside school as usual. I immediately noticed that it was unusually noisy and lively. Look, it seems like the whole school is waiting for him to show up. And then I saw a steep motorcycle pull in, driven by a man, all dressed in black leather and wearing a shiny black helmet. The roar of his engine drowned out everything around him. He parked the bike in the parking lot and took off his helmet. Oh, God. He was the most handsome guy I'd ever seen. Black hair and blue eyes. What an interesting combination. Everyone in the schoolyard went silent. The guys were looking at him with envy and the girls were drooling over him. He started walking past me and Emma, and I pretended to be completely uninterested in him. I turned around to go inside and what do you think happened? I tripped and started falling. All I could do was close my eyes. My whole life flashed before my eyes. But I didn't fall. I didn't fall to the ground. I landed right in the arms of the new guy. I just felt the stares on my skin. Oops, sorry. That's an interesting way to get acquainted, the guy said grudgingly. You think too much of yourself. Don't flatter yourself. Okay and he just spread his arms, and I flopped down on the ground. Hey, are you out of your mind? It would do you good to land a little. (laughs) With a laugh, the rude guy walked into the hall, and I was left all red with anger. How dare he? Who acts like that to a girl? I'm gonna get him. It was the most embarrassing thing I'd experienced in a long time. Still panting with anger, I entered the classroom. And I saw him at the next desk. He was introduced to the class as Jack O'Malley. He'd recently moved to our small town. His mom got a job at the local hospital. And I, as class president, was assigned to help him get his books. In fact, as our teacher, Mr. Elvin, said, Help him adjust to the new place and make friends. What friends? You could tell right away he was a mean guy. All right, I'll show you around. You'll have to get your books from the library first. You must be a nerd, huh? If you're supposed to babysit me. I'm not a nerd. I'm the class president. And yes, I'm a good student, too. And you can't be too modest. Look, I know we didn't get to know each other, but I don't want to waste my time with you either. So let me just show you around and say goodbye. Oh, and the headmistress is offended well, you can go about your business. I'll take care of myself. That's good. So I turned around and went to the schoolyard, where Emma and I agreed to meet. Ugh, this new guy was so annoying. Emma was already waiting for me. When she saw my face and my gait, she knew right away that I wasn't happy about something. I told her that the boar was going to be in my class and that I was going to have to babysit him for a while. The whole day I was so angry that everything just fell out of my hands. Class was over, and Emma and I went out into the yard again. Suddenly, I heard the loud roar of an engine. The jerk's bike was coming right at me. I shrieked, and the bike stopped just a few inches away from me. I was so freaked out, and that ignorant Jack was just laughing. I felt horribly hurt and looked at him angrily and I didn't notice the tears running down my cheeks. Jack's face changed right away. He got off his bike and came over to me. Were you scared? I'm sorry. Fuck you, you jerk! Iris, that's not polite. He said he was sorry. I don't care. And I ran away. It was the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened to me. Jack caught up with me on the way home. He called out to me, but I pretended not to hear him. He then blocked my way and apologized. He said he was just trying to be funny, and he didn't think I'd be that scared. He looked very guilty. Of course, I felt sorry for him, and we called a truce. After that, we started spending a lot of time together. Jack wasn't doing so well in school. I offered to help him and start pulling him up on subjects. Because Jack and I talked a lot and became friends, Emma asked me to introduce her to him. I knew she had her eye on him. I really didn't want them to be together, but I couldn't say no to her either. Jack, listen, you remember my friend Emma, right? Oh yeah. Isn't she the one who was always with you until I showed up? <laughs> Ugh, you're so cocky. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, why don't I introduce you? Why not? I'd be glad to get to know your friend. I was kind of hurt by his words, but I didn't show it. We agreed to meet at a coffee shop near the school. When Jack and I arrived, Emma was already sitting at a table waiting for us. My friend waved at us and indicated our seats. I sat across from her, and Emma pulled Jack to her and sat him down next to her. Throughout the evening, I sat and watched as she flirted with my friend, making eyes at him and getting all the attention she could. It must have been obvious that I didn't like it. Jack felt very uncomfortable, but he couldn't leave. It wouldn't have been pretty. Eventually, my patience ran out and I just got up from the table. Emma, you're too pushy. I feel like you're pushing Jack around. Oh, come on, Iris. We're getting along very well, aren't we, Jack? Jack sat silent and stared into his glass. I freaked out and left, and he ran after me. Naturally, Emma also jumped out after us. Jack caught up with me on the street. What's wrong? It's okay. She's your friend. Do you mean you like the way she's luring you in? I didn't say that. I didn't send her away because she's your friend and I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I thought you seemed to enjoy her company. Wait a minute. Are you jealous? Jack asked with a smile on his face. Before I could answer, Emma came running over. Guys, what's wrong? Iris, if you wanted to go home, you could have left normally and not spoiled the mood for all of us. I opened my mouth in surprise. I wanted to answer, but I just couldn't find the right words. Then Jack intervened. He took Emma aside and told her something. I could see her face change. Was it shock? Surprise? Anger? She threw something angrily over her shoulder and walked away. I stood there, unable to comprehend what had just happened. Jack came up to me in a dazed sort of way. He took my hand and led me to his bike. I asked him what Emma had told him, but he said nothing. He also didn't say anything when he put my helmet on, didn't say anything when we got on the handlebars, and didn't say anything the whole way to my house. Already at home? I decided I had to find out everything. I had no intention of backing down. Jack, answer me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. What did Emma say and what's going on anyway? Jack took my hand. Iris, is there anything you want to tell me? What are you talking about? When I took Emma outside the cafe, I told her that I liked you and that I wasn't considering her to be my girlfriend. She said I'd still change my mind when you revealed your secret. I went pale. I got dizzy. How? How could that be? Emma was an old friend of mine. She wouldn't tell my secret. I covered my face with my hands and cried. From resentment, betrayal, and fear that I might lose Jack forever. Well, there was no way out. I had to tell Jack. I couldn't keep it to myself forever. After I told him, it surprised me when Jack pulled me to him, hugged me, and said the most cherished words. Iris, I like you, and it doesn't bother me that you're allergic to kissing. It's nice and easy for me to just hold you and always be near you. You will let me do that, won't you? I like you too, but I was afraid to tell you my secret. I thought it would repel you and you'd stop looking at me as a girl. By the way, Emma and I haven't spoken since then. She called and apologized, though. She said Jack had hurt her and she was just jealous of me. That's the only reason she let my secret out. I forgave her, of course, but I limited our communication as much as possible. And Jack and I are fine. And by the way, he and I did kiss. Jack found me a good doctor who prescribed me strong anti-allergy medication. And now I can live a normal life, like the other girls. It's not about the money. Yeah, right. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm 17 years old, and I work three jobs, and I'm also a student. I do everything in my life for money. Of course, a lot of people say it's not about the money, but that's said by those who have it. I can't boast about that. I grew up in an average family. We had an average income until my father left us. Found some young girl and rode off into the sunset, and me and my mom were left with rent, debt, credit, and no dollar in our pockets. Not fun, huh? Anyway, after my dad left, I was 10 years old at the time, my mom started working any job she could get just to pay off her debts and feed me. My mother married my father young, so she didn't have time to get an education or any kind of profession. She scrubbed floors and worked part-time as a waitress in a cheap diner, a laundress. My mother tried to do everything so that I did not need anything, and from me required only to study well and be obedient. At school, I was often teased because I didn't dress fashionably. We just didn't have the opportunity to buy me nice things. Most of the time, I wore what my mother brought from a second-hand shop. But I tried to study hard so I could start earning a lot in the future. I made it my goal to get rich by any means. Later in high school, I learned how to sew, hem, and decorate my clothes. I sat and sewed all night long. Everyone began to notice how I dressed more fashionably and tastefully. I even began to think about working as a model. My dream was to create clothes, for my collections to be exhibited in Milan. But my dreams didn't come true. My mother was diagnosed with a terrible brain tumor. Mom couldn't work anymore. Her condition was getting worse and worse. To pay for the expense of treatment, I began to work several jobs. And at the same time, at night, I sewed clothes to order. I was not ashamed of any work. At first, when my mother first got sick, I started to replace her at her jobs. Then I started working there instead of her. Mom felt guilty that I had to skip school to earn money. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'll get better soon, and you can go back to school, and you will become the most recognized fashion designer. Sure, Mom, but first you need to get better. I'll still make it. I'm so sad that you have to take care of me. Oh, Mom, stop it. I love you, and I'll do anything to make you well again. Once again, while looking for another part-time job, I came across an ad to come up with work uniforms for Sparks employees. I had heard that it was a very large company that dealt in real estate, automobiles, construction, and more. I immediately sent in my work and resume. If I got it, good, and if not, then oh well. The answer came just a couple of days later. Dear Rose Priestley, We are pleased to announce that you have been selected for the competition on your application. Congratulations, you have passed the first round. For the second round, we are waiting for you in our office. I couldn't believe my luck. If I got this job, then this payment would be enough even to pay for my mother's surgery. At the appointed time, I went to the company's office. I was escorted into the interview room. A young man of about 25 was already waiting there. It was strange. Such a young man, and he was already entrusted with such a serious task? Hello, Miss Rose. My name is Emon. I'll be interviewing you. How do you do? Nice to meet you. So, tell me, how long have you been making clothes? It's just you're so young. About three years. I started sewing my own clothes when I was 14. Generally, in such a big company, we select professionals with at least 10 years of experience. We can't accept you. You don't even have experience in a similar job. Have you ever done work for another firm? No, but I'm a quick learner and I'm willing to try to do things your way. I I really need this job. I'm sorry, but no, you're rejected. I was so angry. That man didn't even bother to look at my work. He could at least have opened the file in front of him. Then why did you call me for this interview if you weren't happy with my age? The first round was selected by someone else. I'll definitely point out the mistake to him. So my work is a mistake? I'm sure I'll be able to cope with a task at hand. But you're a fool if you judge people's skills by their age. How dare you talk to me like that? Then you've earned it, and I'll say it again. You're an idiot. He looked at me as if he was ready to throw me out the window. But I didn't care. I was so angry, especially since I'd taken a day off from my proper job to go to this damn interview, which meant I lost my pay for the day. This Iman looked so confident and smug that I just couldn't hold my tongue. Because of your stupidity, I lost time and money. If you can't do your job properly, you shouldn't be in your position. His eyes rounded, and I slammed the door and walked out. I went to the hospital to see my mother. I wouldn't have anything to do all day anyway. Mom immediately realized that I was upset about something. Sweetheart, what happened? Did somebody hurt you? No, Mom, everything's okay. I'm just a little tired. I'm sorry. You have nothing to be sorry for. Just get better soon. Then the doctor came into the room and said he wanted to talk to me. He said that if my mom didn't have an operation soon, It would be too late, and the chances of a full recovery would be gone. I began to panic, wondering where to get the money. Even though I was working several jobs, there was no way to save us. Because I was a minor, they would not hire me full-time. I used to go home and cry with such heavy thoughts. It seemed to me that I just couldn't cope with it all. Walking up to the house, I noticed a car parked out front. Yeah. It was impossible not to notice it. It was red, a brand new foreign car. Only rich people drive those. They got the wrong address, didn't they? Just as I thought this, I saw a man get out of the car. No way! The man standing in front of me was the guy from the interview, Iman. He said, Hi, Rose. Did you change your mind and decide to give it a shot? Well, you said you needed the money. You don't have to feel sorry for me. I just said I needed the job. I'm willing to offer you a deal. I don't understand. I'll pay you 200000 if you play the part of my girlfriend. What the hell are you talking about? Your girlfriend? I'm having a family dinner tomorrow night, and I need to show up with my fiancé. Well, I don't have one, so why don't we help each other out? Are you kidding me? Look, I really need your help. You're beautiful, you're smart, and most importantly, not afraid of me and behave with me confidently. You're a good fit. Here's my card. I expect to hear from you tomorrow morning. He got into his fancy car and drove off, and I was left standing there with my mouth open. I was up all night thinking, 200000 That would be enough to pay for my mother's surgery and treatment. I couldn't earn that much in such a short time, so I decided to take it. In the morning, I dialed Eamon's number and told him my answer. An hour later, a driver picked me up and took me shopping. Mr. Sparks said to pick out an elegant and modest outfit, and also to go to the beauty parlor and fix your hair. Here's the cash. What a bloody arrogant little man! Mr. Sparks? So he's the corporate's heir? And what was wrong with my hair? What can you do? Work is work. That evening, Iman picked me up and took me to a fancy restaurant. His whole family was there. Turns out it was his grandmother's anniversary party. He introduced me to everyone as his fiancé. The evening went smoothly, except for the fact that dozens of eyes were staring at me the whole time. And one girl looked at me as if I'd stolen her money. At the end of the night, Iman came up to me and whispered that we were leaving soon. I breathed a sigh of relief. I just wanted to get the circus over with and go. In the car, I wondered why he was putting on this show. Why do you need all this? My family is pressuring me. They want me to marry Chloe. She's the one that was giving you a death stare. So that's what this was about. I couldn't figure out what I'd done to her. She's my daddy's business partner's daughter. They want to be in-laws, but I don't want to marry her. I don't like her. But now everyone will think that you'll marry someone else. Later, I'll tell them that we broke up and I took our breakup hard. But that's not fair, at least in relation to your grandmother. You're going to teach me morals when you're willing to do anything for money? Look, you got it wrong. I need the money to pay for my mom's surgery. I'm not just after it for nothing. I told him how hard it was for mom when dad left, and about her diagnosis, and about how time was running out. Iman drove me home, and then he asked me to send my sketches to his personal email account, and he said I'd get the money for my help tomorrow. In the morning, I never got the call. I went to the hospital and hoped that that man would keep his word. When I went into the room, my mother wasn't there. I started calling the nurse, screaming and crying. Something bad must have happened. Where's mom? What was going on? A nurse rushed into the room and said that my mother had been rushed away for surgery. It seemed like I waited forever. Then the surgeon came out of the operating room and said that all went well. The tumor had been removed. But now we had a long treatment and recovery. I began to cry for joy. My mother was transferred to a ward. While she was sleeping, I went to her doctor to find out how much we had to pay for the surgery. But he told me that everything had already been paid for. And not just the surgery, but the follow-up care as well. So, Mr. Sparks had kept his word. I told my mother that I'd done a big job and that the payment was enough for the operation. I only hid from her the fact that I had to play the role of this rich guy's fiancé. Mom was discharged in a month. Just in time for my 18th birthday, we ordered a cake, I made lasagna, and then the doorbell rang. When I opened it, I saw a delivery guy handing me a huge bouquet of roses and a card. It said, Dear Miss Rose, I am happy to wish you a happy birthday. I hope your mother is making a speedy recovery. P.S. We're expecting you for an interview on Monday morning at the Sparks office. Also, there is a surprise waiting for you there. Sincerely, A.
2: kindly please
3: rate and review this podcast by stay home and study i'm going to work now goodbye dad i quickly locked the door yes yeah! now Woo-hoo! i can play the guitar without his ban i pulled out from under the bed <laughs> the electric guitar that i had spent one year buying when i hit the first music note a black shadow from the window was watching me it was my dad He opened the window and burst into me. I rushed to unlock the door. As I was about to run out, my father grabbed the guitar's plug and jerked it back, which made me fall to the ground. That's right, my dad broke my guitar no matter how much I begged him. Hi everyone, my name's Emma, a girl who happened to know rock and roll music and fell in love with it for the first time I played. However, my father, a science professor, absolutely hated this kind of music. He considered rock players rebels destroying their own lives right my father saw me as one of them and always forbade me to do what i liked after that incident my dad made me sign up for a science class i kept yawning over the class and the guy next to me was yawning too we subconsciously looked at each other and laughed (laughs) his name was peter he absolutely hated science like me he suddenly asked me Hey, do you want to go somewhere more interesting when finishing the class? Anywhere can save me. After that, Peter took me to the rock club, of which he was the leader. Peter introduced me to the members of the band, each of whom played a different instrument, with electric bass, organ, and electric guitar. And Peter played the drums and be the main vocal. Do you try listening to a song? I nodded eagerly. OMG! I had to say Peter's band was so professional. Suddenly, Peter gave me the guitar to try. Great! Since my dad crushed my guitar, I hadn't touched any guitar else. I took it and plugged it into the speaker. Let me teach you a great trick. He held my hand and showed me the most basic steps. I felt my hands heating up, and my heartbeat was faster than ever. That's how we play, Emma. Did you hear what I said? Only then did I hear Peter say, smiling wryly, I did. But when I played it again, it was still like a disaster. You can come and practice with us if you want. Since then, I regularly visit the club and became a member before I knew it. People collected money to buy me a new guitar. I love it, thanks to all of you. Even though I was always afraid of my father finding out, I still took the risk. Every night, I played the role of a daughter who obeyed my dad, going out to study groups with Peter. (laughs) Remember to study hard. Stop (laughs) hiding from me playing that stupid instrument. Once we were out of dad's sight, Peter and I changed into the rock chic leather suits. One day, when going to the club, everyone looked very sad. It turned out Jerry the guitar player was about to move abroad. But there was only one month left until the music festival was held in the city. Jerry offered me to replace him. Everyone looked at me (gasps) intently waiting for my answer. Of course I couldn't refuse. That night I stayed late to say goodbye to Jerry with everyone. When I got home, I was still humming the tune in my head. And suddenly, the light was turned on. I saw my dad still sitting on the sofa to wait for me. He didn't say anything but just stared at me. Good night, dad. The next day peter came to pick me up as usual after we performed very well together there was applause we looked at the sound in a daze and i fearfully realized it was my father he seemed to have followed me and peter when everyone still didn't know what was going on my dad approached me took the guitar from my hand and knead it bringing it into pieces i was scared to tears he grabbed my hand and dragged me away follow me home Peter saw that and ran over to stop my father. From now on, stay away from Emma. Having said that, my father pushed Peter down hard. Everyone rushed to help him, but I could only see in hopelessness. When I got home, I cried and told my mom everything. Contrary to my expectations, she only advised, I think you should listen to your dad. He only wants the best for you. At that moment, my dad burst in and threw a sheet of paper on my bed and said... I signed you up for the upcoming science fair. If you win, I'll skip this. From now on, you have to stay at home to complete the model. I was dumbfounded. A week later, I could only stay indoors to create a soda volcano that I learned from the cartoon Phineas and Ferb. Why do you make such a toy? Don't embarrass me in the contest, make another one. I was sad, making a robot in the hope of satisfying my dad. Because of not having any tools, I went to the attic to find some useful items. When looking hmm. up at the high shelf, I spotted my dad's old toolbox. Yeah, here it was. <laughs> I tried to reach it that made a whole bunch of things fall with it. Ugh! What was so heavy? Unexpectedly when I opened it, there was an old electric guitar inside. But it still looked very good. It must have been cleaned regularly and on the top was... <gasps> Carve My Mother's Name? At this moment, my mother ran in. Emma, I heard something. My mom froze when she saw me (gasps) holding her guitar. It turned out that my mom used to be a rock singer, but she suddenly got pregnant with me at the age of 18. Although my dad advised her to stay at home, my mom sneaked out to attend the concert. That day, an overzealous fan pulled her leg and made her fall to the stage. That made her almost miscarry. Since then, my dad really hated rock music, as well as people who liked it. And my mom also decided to give up her passion to become a housewife and take care of this family. After hearing the story, I quickly hugged my mom. I'll definitely win the science fair for a chance to get back into rock music and prove it to dad. My mom (laughs) patted my head, smiling. That's right, let's prove it together. That said, I stayed up all night building a robot holding an electric guitar, hoping my dad could see my dream. Finally, the day of the science fair came. When we arrived, I brought my robot into the waiting position. While my dad was greeting the judges, I secretly opened the robot to check it, but I realized it had been swapped into another robot. My dad had definitely made it as a replacement for my one. Apparently, he never cared about my feelings or my efforts. Furious, I surreptitiously snapped the switch on the back (laughs) of the robot's neck to cause it to malfunction. As my dad and the judges came, the robot suddenly jumped on my dad's shoulder. It grabbed his beard and yanked. Everyone pointed at him and laughed. He tried to pull out the robot. Emma, what did you do with it? (laughs) During the chaos, my mom suddenly touched my hand. Let's go. Go to the place that you belong to. Peter's waiting. After that, she took my hand and ran away. When we arrived at the music festival, everyone in the band had been already waiting there. Luckily, soon it's our turn to perform. But my guitar... Before I could finish my sentence, my mom gave me her guitar. (laughs) I left it in the trunk. Let's go on stage and shine. I took it from my mom and nodded gently. Let's do it, Emma. As we were about to go on stage, a shout stopped us. (gasps) Stop. My father rushed over and grabbed my hand. How dare you disobey me. But this is where I really belong. At this moment, my mom stopped him. Let Emma go up there. It is not only her dream, but it is also my unfinished desire. After listening to my mom say that, he gradually released my hand, nodded, and pushed me onto the stage. Don't lose it. I (laughs) laughed and went on stage with the band. Finally, my dad also saw me shining on stage with millions of cheers from the audience. After that event, my dad agreed to let me pursue my passion and also let my mom work as an assistant for our band, Highlight Band because we received a lot of invitations to perform and became more and more famous. (laughs) Through many ups and downs, Peter and I had become an inspirational couple in the eyes of our fans.
4: Hey everyone, my name is Danica and I think that my parents are crazy. The thing is that they make me eat nano food and say that this is how they take care of me. You will soon find out what consequences their care had, or maybe you'll even share my parents' standpoint and say that I'm the one who's nuts. All members of my family have always been plump and liked to eat well, Even looking at old photos of my ancestors, there is no doubt that these are my relatives because they have chubby cheeks, bellies, and hungry looks like me, so you'll definitely know that a person is a member of my family if you see them. Suddenly, out of the blue, my parents decided to start losing weight. They bought a special scale, began weighing all the food on it and counting calories, started eating too much lettuce and broccoli, and checked their measurements daily in the morning and in the evening. But I knew why they couldn't lose weight. The problem was that every night, either mom or dad ate away everything they could find in the fridge. After counting calories, they started jogging, working out, and even dancing while cooking breakfast. They say that such activity helps burn calories, you know, but it was all in vain. Then my parents got acquainted with some distributors of diet food and made friends with them. It was just what they needed. They started losing weight and became slimmer and happier every day. I was happy for them as well, but I wasn't destined to become even a little slimmer because the special food my parents ate was strictly forbidden to minors. That's it, and it was sad. But one day my parents told me that they had found a great remedy that would help me lose excess pounds and get the figure of my dreams. A nano-diet turned out to be the magical remedy, and when I found out what it was, I got a little scared and kind of sad. For those who don't know what it is, nano-food is microscopic analogs of real food. A small pea-sized ball can contain two servings of soup or a set meal, for example. The producers claim that these little balls are enough to cover the daily requirement for protein, fat, carbohydrates, vitamins, and minerals. Indeed, there were only benefits, but how can you satisfy your hunger with such a pill? Well, I didn't like that idea, and I wasn't ready for such experiments on myself and my health. Yeah, I felt sorry for my excess pounds, but my parents were determined to succeed and for some reason thought that they could decide for me what to eat and what to do with my figure, but I couldn't resist for long because soon there was nothing left in our house except for the special food of my parents and the nano food they bought for me. I just had no choice. It was cruel and unfair. Anyway, what's the difference? My parents did what they wanted to do. Now I'll describe to you my first day of keeping to the new diet. Morning. Mom entered my room and invited me to breakfast. There was something funny and epic about it. I went into the kitchen and there was a small pill the size of a bean on a large plate. Um, mom, what's this? It's an omelet with cauliflower, tomatoes, and arugula. Okay, I see. And I swallowed my nano breakfast in less than a second. By the way, I should admit that the nano omelet tasted almost like a real one. But anyway, I got neither pleasure from the food nor a sense of fullness. It was really weird. And after I swallowed my breakfast, I began to wait for lunch, hoping that it would be more interesting and nutritious. Now, try to guess what it was. In fact, a royal dish was waiting for me tenderized beef tenderloin, asparagus with wine sauce, and Caesar salad. Honestly, it would be one of the most delicious meals of my life if only, if only it wasn't the size of my pupil. Again, I swallowed my meal in one second and remained hungry and sad. I asked my parents to stop this torture immediately and order me a pizza, but they insisted that I would get used to it in a week and the nano-servings would be enough for me. No way! And now let's talk about dinner. My parents decided to please me for dinner, and no, they didn't order pizza. There was only a small plate on my regular plate that looked like a plate for Barbie, and there was a nano-hamburger the size of a fingernail of my little finger, and microscopic cucumbers. Everything was so tiny and cute that it was sickening. Okay, if my parents had bought me this stuff about five years ago when I was into playing with Barbie, I would have been happy as hell and appreciated such a gift, but feeding a living, grown-up person with this stuff is outrageous. I couldn't fall asleep all night because I was hungry, my stomach sang serenades to me hoping that I would offer it something decent, and I cried. Never in my life have I wanted to devour something so much. Yes, devour is the right word. I think at that moment I would have eaten a whole cow if they gave it to me. Um, forgive me, vegans and vegetarians, I'm just saying it as it is. Fortunately in the morning, I had to go to school and I was really happy about it because it was my only chance to eat normal human food. I think never in my life have I run so quickly and cheerfully to school, but I was in for a complete disappointment there. It turned out that the day before, my mother had written a statement and told the principal that I had a bunch of allergies and therefore I was forbidden to eat what was given in the cafeteria. In short, she strictly forbade giving me any food, and even the principal had to keep an eye on me. But after my first class, I received a text message from my mother. She informed me that my lunch was in my pencil box and wished me bon appetit. I wish you saw the faces of my classmates when they saw what I was eating. I'm pretty sure they were about to burst into tears and feed me at their own expense. On our way home that day, my friend Christy bought me a big Snickers and a hamburger at McDonald's and it was the tastiest thing I've ever eaten. Here's a life hack. If you want to get a thousand percent more pleasure from food, just keep to a nano diet for a day. Success is assured. However, when I came home, I felt very sick. I had a severe stomach ache and nausea began. I complained to my mom and she said that it was because I had broken the nano diet and had eaten bad human food. Then she said that it would happen every time I shift away from the nano diet. And then I felt really helpless and doomed. It turned out that my parents simply took advantage of the fact that I was a minor and made me obey them. I don't know what was more offensive, starving or realizing that I was a building material for my parents. Three more times I tried to eat normal human food, but it was all the same. I had a stomach ache and nausea. Soon I resigned myself to my position, and real food had nothing to do with taste and pleasure anymore. It became pain and discomfort for me. About 10 days later, I really started to get a sense of fullness from the nano food and even got used to it. But I still don't have any pleasure from the process of eating. I still want to eat some human food, something of normal size, not microscopic. But my parents are sure that the nano diet is the best solution to all my problems. By the way, they began to keep to it as well. As of today, a month has passed since I started eating nano food, and now I hate the word nano and everything that relates to it. Well, I've lost 6 pounds. I think at this rate, in 6 months or a year, I'll have anorexia instead of obesity. I also think that the nano diet can be
2: dangerous because it's understudied.